Ladies and gentlemen, this is a new level for me because my ad was seen on Instagram by none other than the incredibly famous, smooth on the tracks, uh, the ladies are dying for him, but he's taken, he's taken. Episode number five of Learning by Doing, I couldn't, this is my first guest on the podcast and I've been more excited. Honestly, I've been waiting to get this second microphone, <laughs> but dude, I can't, I, from the bottom of my heart, like I genuinely can't think of anyone that encompasses learning by doing more than Parker Andrees. I have to tell that before you, I let you talk, I have to tell you the story. I think this is when I met you, dude. This is back when I was still going to college. <laughs> um, I was still hanging in there and uh, there's an entrepreneur building or program at the U called Lassonde. And I march in there for the first time and uh, none other, the, and it's, this is like a, it was pretty new at the time. Is this within the first like couple months right, right, yeah. Yeah. of the and building being open? I, at this point I had started, I'd owned Thirst for maybe two years. It was pretty early. I, and I was obviously curious about entrepreneurship. I was really just getting like fired up about like being an entrepreneur. Like, I've always loved it for forever, but I was super pumped, like, I mean, these last four or five years, I've really been like, oh, this is cool to be an entrepreneur, like, I want to be, this is so much fun, you know, like, this is, this is more than I could have ever imagined. So anyways, naturally, I'm excited uh, to check out Lassonde. They have a salesperson, pretty much, a welcome person, as you would, uh, approach you as soon as you come in the building. It's none other than Parker Andrees, and we connected right off the bat. He told me about his DJ business, um, he'll tell you about it, but... DJ Alive is uh, his company. He is DJ Alive, uh, the personal brand, and super successful DJ. I've worked with him literally for my events, but also we were in a fraternity together. Anyways, I've said enough. Parker, tell everyone about yourself. Uh, my man, um, thank you. My face is already hurting from smiling. Um, gosh, there's so much to discuss there. That, that, that memory was deep in my, in my brain uh, from when we first met. Uh, it was a... You got it. <laughs> I'm always making content. Always making content. This is the content king right here and the content queen. Um, but no, it's an absolute pleasure, uh, and the feelings are more than mutual. I, um, I've been DJing now for eight years and have been doing entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial type things since I was in like second grade. And I mean, I've known Ethan for sixteen, almost four years now, and. Like, without a doubt in my mind, one of the most hardworking, driven. Uh, it's almost like incredibly intimidating <laughs> individuals. Um, I, I truly mean that. I'm excited to be here and uh, I'm excited to chop it up. Well, dude, tell us. I, wanna, I want everyone to really know what you're working on. So tell us what pitch us DJ Live. Tell us what you are. So, um... I am DJ Alive. I, I get to DJ and party for, for a living. It's my full-time job. Uh, I own an entertainment company called Alive Entertainment, and uh, I launched that summer 2012, and it's been my full-time job for the past about three, four years. Um, every DJ has their own style, their own flavor, their own spin on things, no pun intended. Um, and mine is 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 centered in bringing the energy, really 
really understanding the energy and reading the room in the dance floor and feeding and building off that um, that tone to get it to where you want it to be and everyone's just losing their minds on the dance floor. So high school dances, weddings, corporate events, fraternity parties, anything and everything. So, so just so you guys know, this guy is busy and he's a premier DJ. He really is good. He's, he's gotten, I, I don't know, my, I mean, you've gotten some premier gigs at some pretty dope clubs downtown and everything, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, so Sky, you've played out, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> And name a couple others. Come on. Um, Sky is shows it Ibiza. Ibiza, yep. Sky Ibiza twist. Um, I mean, so he's the real deal, dude. <laughs> um, I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually pumped because when you were talking, it's funny when you talk about your product. I can tell you're passionate about it, and <laughs> like I have this napkin of places we wanted to go. Just some very high the line, higher top of the funnel topics immediately my mind goes to how much how passionate i am about there being a really strong exchange of value between me and my customer and i could tell just when you were talking that you feel the exact same way about your services for your clients to give you like a, a little more info is dude i think there's like the sweet spot in business like the sweetest spot in business is when there's the utmost value on the business side and the consumer side meaning the you know uh parker's peanuts the company is making so their peanuts are so damn good that everyone around wants to eat them and when they when these customers eat them they're like the best peanuts ever and they're like oh my gosh parker's peanuts are the best and they paid you know three four five bucks for them and they're like for for the money i could have spent on anything else this these Parker's peanuts were the best peanuts ever. And I really feel like I got my money's worth. On the flip, so that's the consumer side, right? On the flip side, um, you being the CEO of Parker's Peanuts, is you're doing, you're, you probably have amazing margins on a three, four dollar bag of peanuts. And you know, maybe you have a happy team and you did good marketing and it all led into this profitable execution of selling Parker's Peanuts that's and, and you got the most value and you're so stoked about it and you're as the ceo of parker's peanuts you're completely content with your wealth and sales like that's where the sweet spot in business is where everyone's super happy after the sale and everyone both feels good about the money they spent or earned they feel good about the product and dude like that sometimes i actually say to rachel a lot or to my managers like no, I don't want to do that because I don't, I really don't feel like that brings my customer value. And so I feel like that's one thing that's unique about me as an entrepreneur. I really don't, I don't care about the money or the margin being so much greater that it, it takes away from the value because it, then you're not in the sweet spot. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like to put it into like practical terms for thirst, like, uh, should we use a cheaper packaging when serving beignets if it, it might be a little messy for the customer or it might not look as good but we're making way better margins on it yeah. that doesn't feel as good to me as spending a little bit more but having you know a really concealed perfect thing for the to go out the window and the drive-through and everyone's happy about it and the customer's even that much more happy one i know and i'm gonna stop talking in a second but one i know it's the right move because that's the sweet spot and you did right by the customer it feels good 
right? Mm-hmm. Second, I know that it's also the best business move. Like, if I go with that more expensive packaging, I might lose 10 cents every sale today, but I'm gonna get long-term customers that you know are eventually going to equate to way more than that, mm-hmm. you know, that extra margin. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely following. Did I read that right about you? Do you care a lot about like the success <laughs> of these events? Finn, man, you, you're a wizard and I love it. Uh, yes, 110%. Uh, yeah, there's, there's so many elements to touch on there. As, as I've uh, taken the step to, to become more, uh, more committed like as a full-time DJ um, and have grown and learned within my business, within my craft and more the operational and client relationship kind of thing. I, I've, I've found that as I build a stronger relationship with my client, being, being a couple or, or um, my point of contact for this, this large corporate event, if I have a stronger relationship with them, I feel more confident with, uh, with uh, basically the scope for what's going to happen I, I can execute my job that much, that much more, uh, more clearly and confidently. Um, I think that was one minor point to what you were getting at. Uh, well, and, and at the end of the day, that makes you feel good. Right? Yeah, yes. Okay. <laughs> that, there it is. There it is. Um, I, when I have the opportunity to work and do my thing as a DJ, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily look at, at it as like a, a job I'm going to work. Uh, the, the nights which I always aim for that, that leave me, you know, loading the gear and getting back in my car and getting home at 11, 12, 1, 2 in the morning and thinking I have the most awesome job ever. The ones when I have literally gave every... <laughs> Every ounce of myself um, uh, uh, to, to, to provide the best possible service and uh, nine times out of ten that always shows and uh, maybe it's just on the dance floor or the client sees it um, and uh, it's just, just a confirmation that what I'm doing is, is very validated and, and there is an awesome market for it and others can see the quality of service that I'm able to bring to the table. And when it's mutual, when it's mutual and they can see it, they can feel it, they can experience it. That is what gets me hyped about it. So right, dude, because, because you put, you put everything into your business, just like I do, like everything, like everything, you know what I mean? And when it works, holy shit, dude, like, when the people actually book the event and actually they're actually stoked or you know the store my store is actually packed i'm like i'm going to look at the numbers at the end of the night i'm like people chose to spend their hard-earned money that much of it you know tonight at our store like that's insane it's an insane feeling um that got me thinking right when i was when you were talking about that too do you feel like with your entrepreneurship side of your life like you're kind of playing a game do you ever feel like that yeah like i feel like i'm playing a game of entrepreneurship and 
I don't know how similar our DNA is in the terms of being competitive, but I'm insanely competitive. And <laughs> it... He's, he's no, he's not <laughs> too competitive at all. No. <laughs> um, oh, side note story. Yesterday, I was in a swimming competition. I, I, saw I was challenged by the mayor of Mill Creek, the local weatherman, and the captains of the Skyline swim team to a Speedo-wearing race in the pool. I did win, but I definitely puked in the bathroom afterwards because I was so damn exhausted. That happened yesterday. Um, anyways, uh, we're talking about the game. I, yeah. I really genuinely like when I'm I, – I don't like to say like I feel like I'm playing a game in life even though my work is my whole life because I feel like when I say that – and not that I ever have the chance to say that, but I'm just saying um, I, I definitely take parts of my life that aren't work super seriously – like you know, my relationships, like my family, like you know, my health. But really, I feel like the large majority of my life is playing this game of entrepreneurship. And also, I take the part of the game that are serious very seriously. Like at this point, I have over a hundred employees. It's very serious to me whether or not I can make payroll. That's insane. It's insane, and it's like not – it's an insane amount of pressure, by the way. Like that, that specific one right there while running a startup business, and I'm sure there are plenty of other people have been in the same position, but I'm telling you I am the thickest of thick of it right now. Um, it's one of the scariest things of all time, making payroll every other week. Even if you're well-funded, even if you're doing well, like to me that's one of the scariest things of all time when – when you're in startup mode, which, is, which means to me reinvesting pretty much everything you have back into the company for it to grow, like that's one of the most serious things ever. So I do take the, and you know, the fact that multiple people, this is their full-time job, their life, you know, their livelihood depends on the salary. Um, also, also one, one of the main things is the fact that we all, you know, me and my top managers spend, I mean, all of my managers are working more than 40 hours a week. So they're sp spending, you know, 50 hours of their week at thirst. It is a massive part of their life. So I feel an entitlement for it to be a great culture and something that, like, they're learning from and something that is making them better. <laughs> or, you know, that's a huge pressure for me. But outside of taking those few, you know, things very, very seriously, I really look at it, like, every day. Like, I'm so excited. Most, I, like, I'm, I'm excited just to put on my thirst shirt, which I've previously called my jersey, and just go to, go after it. And especially especially when I'm playing a lot of offense, which which is, uh, to me, is like, how can I make the business better? How can I do more marketing? You know, going on the offense. I feel like I'm playing a game, dude. I'm like, I have I competitors, which are, it just reminds me of like a sport in high school, like any sport or NFL sport, whatever like that. Like, you have competitors, you practice, you know, you have big days, like, you have teammates, like, it's just, a, it feels like a game to me. I don't know, maybe that's just the way I feel like it, though. No, I, I'm definitely, uh, have been, been, been hearing you and agreeing with you. I, I want to address a few things that you mentioned there. So, Ethan, you're 24, tw 23 years old, and you have over 100 team members. <laughs> that, um... Now, granted, most of them are... I mean, nonetheless, uh, 
I, I can't fathom what that would feel like to, to, to be able to ensure you're meeting that, that quota for payroll. Um, and I think that that's very admirable. I want to also acknowledge that <laughs> you, you are, I mean, the, these managers that are working over 40 hours a week, like that is such an opportunity that you are providing for those team members in my eyes. Like I view it that way. And I think that is awesome. Um, the other point I wanted to address was the offense that you mentioned earlier. Um, I pulled that from you. I told it, took that from you yeah. for my business. Um, like in the past like month or two, yeah. um, because I found myself, cause I've been talking about that. Yeah. You, you've been talking about it. I, Tweeting I found about myself, it or whatever. What's up? Or tweeting about it or whatever I did. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I found myself uh, not intentionally scheduling time to play offense for my business. And I mean, I mean, we're kind of doing it right now, essentially, right? We're doing it right now. Um, and so... T t tell them more what playing offense is. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but what, what more... Um, Define playing offense. Playing offense within my DJ? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just so, like, example. Um, and then I do want to address the, um, the game thing as well. Uh, but uh, playing office within offense within my DJing is, you know, similar to content creation. Um, I just launched my brand new website, bringingtheenergy.com. Um, we could chat about that a little bit. Uh, but um, a specific concrete example is um, scheduling the time to critically think, sit down, and write out uh, my monthly blog posts that I'm doing. Um, to shed light on some of the behind the scenes of DJ Alive from when I was a 16-year-old kid up until now as a 25-year-old college student. Um, I, holding myself accountable to that monthly post or my monthly um, mix that I release or my weekly Instagram post um, or communicating with clients, you know, we are six months out, we are four months out, we are two weeks out from your day. Those are some specific um, examples of offense. Does that make sense? Perfectly makes okay. sense. I mean, what are we doing right now? We're, to your point, yeah, it's almost <laughs> 10 o'clock on a Tuesday and we're at my store because we finally got a second for him to come by and chat a couple days ago. And we're like, and we we're just talking about offensive strategies, mm -hmm. right? We are talking, which we should, I had wrote down on my napkin that we need to talk about. Um, but let's just go there. Like, okay, offense basically how I originally brought it up was how can how can you get more people to the store? How can you get how can the experience be better? How can everything how can you become more popular? How can you grow? Like offense, how can you score? How can the how can the team score? And so uh, yeah, it, that's one of my biggest strategies is always staying on the offense. But Let's talk about it because one thing I wrote down is I want to know what you're doing from a content perspective, from a marketing perspective in general. What are you doing? You just mentioned your website that you just redid. Um, and then I know you're doing a blog. Tell me about it. Um, so right now I have made the goal for myself to have at least at the very minimum a brand new blog post every month. Um, and This might stray away from your question just a little bit, Heath, but uh, my purpose for creating this blog is 
for two particular reasons, and one is which for potential potential clients, customers that are looking to book a DJ to have a more uh, more concrete understanding of who they're going to be um, bringing on as a part of their special event, their big day. Um, but just as equal, maybe even more um, more of a reason is to uh, again shed light on on the early days of DJ Alive and uh, learning by doing um, and establishing myself a little bit more as, as an entrepreneur and sharing what I've, uh, I've, I've learned from and, and how I failed and how I've progressed past that. Uh, Heath, you're going to have to you're fine. bring me back in, man. You're fine. <laughs> um, I'm, t- I'm thinking about... I, I know, I get it. Listen, I uh, one thing I wanted to go into was something I've just been thinking a ton about is um, I'm going to stall for one second because while Rachel said this stuff. You're fine. I'm going to just edit it out. Sorry, man. I'm really channeling right now. <laughs> <laughs> you good? Okay. Um, so we were talking about offensive strategies. Yes. I did something on what, one of my biggest strategies is that whether you're a business, a personal brand, a soap company, a cracker company, or a drink and pretzel company, yep. uh, number one thing that you need to do in your marketing is mix it up. Put some human faces behind it. Let your customers know that there is a real person you know, behind the business. And so literally, sometimes I'll even just look at the first Instagram feed. I'll look at the four, last four, five, six posts. And I'll text Rachel, I'm like, we need to mix more human into this. Let's post a TikTok to the feed. Let's post, you know, a funny video. Let's yes. put, you know, faces, just like a cute girl face in the whatever. Uh, one of the strategies I did over the weekend was I was thinking, one strategy I did over the weekend is it's really been hitting me like, because we, co- we have a competitor just down the road, very close to us, right? And right when we opened the store, we were getting so much business that they couldn't have been getting much at all, you know? And it was very clear. You drive by, there was literally nothing. And since then, it's almost kind of leveled out. And someone's like, okay, like people are kind of choosing what their favorite thing is, what they like most about each brand. And that's really awesome. And I'm like, gee, but I really want to please everyone. Like I want to be the best possible experience ever. I'm like, I'm not mad at them, but I would just genuinely be willing to do anything yep. to be their number one choice. I hear you. So <laughs> I get on the Thirst Instagram. Did you see this? No, no. Dude, no, you didn't no, see I, this? I, I, no, please. No, <laughs> okay, so I, I get you. on the Thirst Instagram, and I put up a story that's like, leave me your feedback. Any, you know, anything way we can be better. I want to hear it. It was like one of those question stickers. Mm-hmm. Dude, we got hundreds. Hundreds. You were trying to respond. Hundreds. I, I, I responded in a video form to every single one of them. What, I, I, so I put this story up, and then the next day I responded. And then once I started responding to all of them, I started getting flooded with more and more and more. So I did as much as I possibly could, but I did well over 100. And uh, these were, some of them were very savage, you know? Your cookies are shit. Or, you know, a lot of, and but almost all of it was true. Like it was almost all things like, Oh yeah, I identify that as a weakness too. Or, or, and some of them I didn't know before and it was awesome, but I get on the story and some of them were 
we go to swig now because this like i just posted it on our 22,000 follower thirst instagram story with my face in front of the camera and i'm like hey like i'm really sorry about this and i deployed what i did in these stories is some kind of the reason i had this idea is a leadership tactic that i am trying to exercise myself as as much as possible but that is proving to be one of the hardest things of all time and i wanted to test it with this theory which is and the, and the tactic is deploy humility in all situations and make zero excuses take a full accountability have 110 percent complete humility do not make an excuse for anything take accountability and fix it so i I've been having this strategy and I'll give you an example of how I've been doing it like with my managers and my team and everything but I'm like I'm just gonna take all this feedback and I'm not gonna I'm gonna go on the story and not make one single excuse the whole time I didn't make a single one <laughs> yeah and so I just go on there because really why would I it, it doesn't do any good it really doesn't like why and so I had so many things I felt like in theory I could have said you know like like because but what's the point? What, am I trying to prove someone wrong? How does it, serve it doesn't do anything. It only slows me down. Yep. It literally only slows me down. Yep. And so I go on there and I didn't make a single excuse. I deployed all humility and I just owned every single L on there. And I'm like, hey, this is my fault. We should have done this better. I was, should have talked to the team about doing this. And for hundreds of them. And dude, it's been the response and it wasn't designed this way necessarily, but the you know brand loyalty that Thirst gained from that little campaign I did was insane. Like we have hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of DMs that are people responding to the feedback, and you know I have hundreds on my personal account right now. And it, the strategy really is like some. I just wanted to test this strategy because I've been using it in my business, and it's so hard. It's it's when something goes wrong. And I'm not, by the way, I'm not f fully executing this. Like, I'm not, there's no way I'm perfect at it. I'm, like, really trying to hone in on it. But over the last year, I've really noticed, like, the best solution when something goes wrong. Um, no one shows up for their shift. Uh, the cinnamon rolls didn't get baked. A catering event gets wrong. We have to refund the entire amount. Um, the post didn't get posted for the collaboration that we're doing. Whatever it may be. And some of them are serious or, you know, a lot of the times, you know, inventory gets spoiled and wasted or ordered wrong. And it costs thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, the, if, and, and I really did do this before. Pointing the fingers at it, whether it be one of my employees or one of my managers or a lower level employee or the customer, it's been the, the slowest strategy of all time. And lately, and I don't even know, I can't remember what kicked me onto this, but I'm like, what if I just take on all of this? I mean, it, it's pointing the finger out yourself. The idea of pointing the finger at yourself, which I've learned from a million different people. But, um, dude, it's been really hard, but it's been, like, the best strategy of all time. I'm trying to play with all my managers all the time. <laughs> Specifically my managers. Because my manager, I've, the relationship with my managers is, like, so deep for me. <laughs> like, I like to be super close with all of them. And I'm so dependent on them. I really am like the success. I give them a ton of trust and I, I, uh, I'm super close with them and really t trying to 
teach them to take full accountability for their employees' mistakes and me taking a full accountability for their mistakes and their employees' mistakes, it's been the best strategy of all time. But sometimes it hurts. And, and this all, correct me if I'm wrong, but this all, all spurred from looking at your Instagram feed and seeing we need to switch it, switch it up a little bit, mix it up, and well, you decided to do that, that full? Well, um, yeah. Because because really why I got into that from that marketing strategy was the amount of brand equity and brand loyalty that I gained by doing that, by putting my face in front of the camera and reminding those customers that I'm there and I'm hearing every single one of their concerns and responding to them publicly, no matter how harsh they may be, that was huge. And our and literally like our insights, like our Instagram insights are up like 75% of like engagement for the week from week over week. Yeah. So yeah, it started as that strategy and then really it turned into a test of my strategy as a leader, which has been lately deploy the utmost humility and just take accountability for everything. Awesome. <laughs> Not a single excuse. Awesome. Before we wrap up, tell me, tell me what uh, really has been on your mind, what you, where you, want to go where you want to be what you like about what's going on what you don't um and dj alive's career and parker andres's life uh what's going on and uh, specifically towards even like a business perspective like we've talked about in the past yeah uh, where are you at and where do you want to be that oh man so many great things to talk about uh so right now as i mentioned i'm, I'm a student at the u how i met eth and um i'm about a year away from finishing up and humbly but confidently I am excited to be the the best <laughs> most <laughs> kick-ass DJ in the state of Utah you know traveling across across the nation um, but uh, I I say that with uh, with confidence and also humility because I understand that Every DJ brings their own, as I mentioned earlier, their own their own flavor and their own their own value to the table. Um, every DJ's got their own style. Um, but right now, I'm focused on finishing school because I know that uh, that experience, that information, that knowledge will serve me to serve others better. Um, and uh, what's DJ Live gonna do? What's what, what's what's uh, what's Parker Andrews gonna do? Okay, so I think I get, I get what you're getting at. Um, so, as much as I truly enjoy the craft of DJing and playing in front of 100 to 2,500 people, uh, what, what I am genuinely and truly passionate, passionate about is, um, is personal development and, and being my absolute best I can be in entrepreneurship. And... As I, as I continue into DJing and finish school, I hope to mix my experience of DJing and entrepreneurship into, into some form of coaching and, uh, and mentorship and potentially even writing and speaking. Um, I love working with people and I want to help people become them, their absolute best selves and I know that uh, my eight years of DJing, while I am a 25-year-old kid, comes with a lot of value, and 
with that value, I know that I, within myself as Parker Andrees, I, uh, I am here to, to serve others. And uh, I think that I can do that combining my DJing and my love for entrepreneurship and uh, connecting with people. So that's my honest answer. It's very bold, um, but I mean, I mean that with humility and uh, uncertainty, but also I'm, I'm, I'm five years, 10 years, 20 years, like I'm, I'm amped, so. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Did um, I answer your question, dude, man? You nailed it. That's exactly what I was looking for. I don't even have anything to say. So, um, yeah. Learning by doing, like I said, totally yes. encompassed by Parker and uh, totally what we're going for. So, um, this is wrapping it up. Episode five. It's been amazing. Parker, thank you. Thank you. I, I couldn't say enough uh, great things about Mr. Cisneros over here. So, thank you, Ethan. We'll see everyone next time. Did, 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 did I? Nice, dude. Is that all right? That was awesome, Is that all right? dude. That was awesome. Hey, thank you, man. That was sick. Sorry, my, my batteries were not up to 100%. <laughs> <laughs>